Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 215 of Cyclocross Radio. On today's show, Michael, Zach, and myself, we're going to talk about, well, we got a lot of curse period races to talk about, and I think we get to Holst. So we're going to talk about Holst, and then we're going to talk about 2020 as a whole, and what we're looking forward to 2021, and well, you'll see. It's, it's like a minute away, so you can just listen for yourself. Uh, we are brought to you by... Willa's Oat Milk. Go check it out at willaskitchen.com. Use the promo code CROSSHAIRS20. You'll get 20% off of your order. And uh, check out Zach and I's uh, CX Hairs Bulletin. Sign up for that. CXHairs.substack.com. The link is down there in the show notes. And become a member of the Wide Angle Podium. Uh, uh, you know, we've kind of been going through some tough times at the Wide Angle Podium Network, and we're trying to restructure and make it a viable thing. We're not going anywhere. We're just changing up a little bit. You might see some lineup changes uh, for the shows out there, but we're still here. We're still going strong, and we would still love your support. Go to WideAnglePodium.com. Go poke around there and uh, hit the donate button, and that, that will be a huge help to all of us here in podcast land. Do your part. Support independent cycling media. Let's get to the show. We've got Zach, and Michael. We're talking cyclocross, and we're doing that right now. We are back in the media pit. Michael, how's it going? Bill, I'm going to answer your question with a question to Zach. Actually, it's not a question to you, Zach. It's just that I saw that you rode 50 miles on Zwift last night. And I was thinking about you today when I was out in my short sleeves and my just regular jersey, uh, bibs. Sun was shining, blue sky, 60 degrees. And I thought, man, what a gorgeous day. That's well done. Just to point out, though, they're, they're, they're Ziles when they're when they're on Swift. They're Ziles, not Miles. Like, let's not pretend that any of those are real. It's like, uh, it's like whose line is it anyway? The Ziles are made up, and everything's fake or whatever it might be. So the fitness is real, though, Zach. That is true. The fitness is real. That is a that is a good point. We'll see if there's a season um, this this coming spring. Uh, we'll see what happens. But yes, yes. Um, to be fair. Part of it, too, is homework time. I go back. I watch the races. I catch up. You know, um, curse period just went out with a just spectacular whimper, um, you know, um, which we'll get to. On the yeah, show, but I hey, think. before we do that, let's just let's just go right into it. Let's start out. Big Vanderpool win. Let's talk about Troyes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's first... I just, we need to back oh. up. I just want to make sure our listeners know what my pun was. Do you think everybody knows what? Okay, you, you're right. You're right. It's the 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 second coming of GVA. <laughs> there you go. I saw your tweet, Bill. It's hilarious. I just think that I, I good on Wout for already starting his dynasty before Vanderpool. That way, you know, GVA, as you said, Bill, will get the rainbow jerseys sooner. Yeah, for sure. He'll have, and even better than that. This is this is the planning here, Michael. You're not you're not thinking enough about legacy. 
Yeah, he he will never have to race coming up against a Vanderpool kid. Right? I mean, we're assuming that Matthew's nowhere near having kids, so George's will be old enough that he won't have to go against him in the juniors. He won't have to go against him in the U23s. And then maybe down the line, you know, when they're elites. But then he has the opportunity maybe for some, for some jerseys. If you still haven't figured it out, Wout had a kid. <laughs> He's now a father. Now I got, so I got, I, I, after he had won, after he came back and won, I had tweeted out dad Watts and people were like, oh, was the kid born? I'm like, pre-dad Watts? So now, now, I now. Mean, close enough. Now it's true. It's like horseshoes, yeah, right? Exactly. Close enough. Well, congratulations uh, to Watt and Sarah. Uh, yeah. So really cool uh, to see. And I imagine that the kid will be faster than all of us in two to three years. So I look forward to it. Bill, I want to get back to your joke about David Vanderpool. Joke. And can we... T- I was like, what? that's not a joke. <laughs> it's a big win for the Vanderpool family. <laughs> No big win, and 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 Bill is is David Vanderpool now your favorite bike he racer? Is. He won on my birthday. You know, I had a lot to choose from. I mean, I, I was it was an embarrassment of riches to choose. You know, for I don't who, you you told me that Michael somebody you, you had seen that somewhere that you get to choose your favorite rider on who wins on your birthday. I I, I think okay. I made this up that whoever wins on your birthday is can be your favorite bike rider. So. Nans Peters won a stage of the Tour de France on my birthday because it was in September this year. So he's my new favorite rider. That's kind of fun. Bill, you are lucky enough to have a birthday during cursed period. And you, you, true, true Bill, classic Bill, you went for the indie label Vanderpool versus the major label. You, you know, you, you listened to Vander, David Vanderpool when he was on the, the second stage at Lollapalooza. In well, 94. he was there first, you know, so. <laughs> yeah uh where should we start with i mean it, or, or even let's just i don't know this, this has been weighing on me so let's just even before we get to the racing let's let's talk about the racing as a whole we had we had cursed period right cursed period is something that as a cyclocross fan we all look forward to every year it's this whole block of races this in, insane amount of races all on top of each other every other day, sometimes back to back to back. We just have race after race after race. And I want to say this delicately because I don't want to be accused of uh, falling into the, oh, you should just be happy we have any racing at all. I am thrilled we have racing. I am, I could not be, it was, it, that we had a full season of cyclocross is just like, Insanity. I, I can't believe that it actually happened. So I am just so happy about that. But the thing about curse period, and if you're ever looking, you know, back when hopefully we can do this again for a good time to go to Belgium and watch cyclocross, this is it. Because it is just a party. And this is what it is built for. You know, everybody's not working. Nobody's in school. And they go out to these cyclocross races day after day. And it is a huge party. That is what this is built on. It's not always great for the racers. You know, it's, it is a, you think about, you know, if, if you're an amateur racing, you're doing back to back on a weekend, that kills you. Just think about doing that like three days in a row, taking a day off and then doing it two more days in a row. I mean, it's just insane the amount that they go through for this. 
And that's part of being a pro, and they do it, and they're putting on a great show, and it is this huge party. And I'm sure in the past, when they have all these people, the 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 start line, you know, um, race payouts are much bigger, and there's a lot more incentive to do it. And we hear a lot about promoters losing money this year. My question is, why are we doing all these races this year? That's basically what I'm getting at. There's no party. All of these people aren't here. The racers look dead. Half them are skipping half the races because they just can't do it. And there's no incentive because there's not people there. I, I understand it's like, we're going to soldier on. It's the principle of it. We're going to have that race. I think that's okay. But personally, I, I just, I, it, it didn't, it didn't do what it did for me in past years. And I was kind of like, I could do without like a handful of these races. I mean, I'll, I'll just say that I was wiped out as a, you know, quote unquote commentator on, on the events. And, and, and like you said, Zach, you know, it kind of ended started off with bang, ended with a whimper. Um, I don't know, Bill, I'd never thought about it from that perspective of the fans. And I think you bring up a really good point and yeah, maybe we could have gone with a, a few less races. I think there were some interesting complications also because of COVID and people couldn't go to all the yeah. races, but I don't know. It would, it's, it will, will this like, I guess there's not a lot more races coming up, uh, before world. So like, will riders actually suffer from this or will they just, will this actually help them build into the, to the, into the world world championships? Yeah. And let's even get to that before we get into the racing, Zach. So the Belgians all have to race nationals this coming weekend. The Dutch don't that kind of a, an advantage for for the Dutch riders. I mean, it could be. Um, I mean, I think we were, we were talking in the green room kind of about the schedule uh, that the Euros typically do, and usually it seems like they go to Spain in early December, and then come mid December they're on the ground running for six or seven straight weeks. I mean, we'll get to it. I, I said it. I guess my my take on that is I think that the two people who need it the most are Celine Alvarado and Lucinda Brand. So I think among everyone, they were probably pretty excited uh, to see nationals get canceled. Um, do we know, like, is mall happening? Uh, it was on the schedule. So like, cause there's, there's like mall and then there's a double weekend where there's Hama and a world cup. And so I, I would assume that's a double weekend, you know, for riders, if Hama is still a series race. From what I heard from our Dutch cyclocross Twitter, it's not happening. They just haven't mall. Called, yeah. No mall. mall. Yeah. Right. No. Okay. Well, so then everyone's yeah. going to get a break. So then the yeah. the the advantage will be muted because everyone's going to take a break uh, and get some downtime before one last weekend before Worlds. But yeah, I think I think to your point though, I think at this point in the season, right, it's always about resting. You know, we see the Americans; they love it. <laughs> They've developed a new tradition of going to Spain um, during during that period because they're like, oh. They're all racing nationals. We get a, you know, with nationals moving to December, it seems like a nice break uh, to kind of refresh. So, yeah, I think at this point in the season, rest is the most important training. And I'm sure a lot of these riders that are Dutch are looking forward to taking a few days off and, you know, before getting a gear heading into to Worlds. What do you think the psychological hit, Michael, is of the Dutch already dealing with 
their their nationals being canceled, which is a, a huge deal. And even for professionals, it's you know performance bonuses and all that other kind of stuff. It's it's goals to try to achieve. And then the Dutch cycling federation coming out today and going, hey guys, 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 I think we can do this. We're gonna we're gonna shoot for later this winter. Nothing specific. And you know, we're we're talking about like all the racing, you know, during curse periods. Zach just went into the whole like the normal time off and then time back. Can you imagine then going, hey, after world, February 15th, guys, we're gonna race nationals. That that has to be like what are we doing? Or, or are they just like pros and are going to be like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think they're sort of like, no, I, 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 I'm, if I'm having nationals, I'm having it now when it's, when I'm ready for it. And I think that maybe some of the, you know, Femme Van Empel is like, yeah, sure. Let's do it later in the season when I haven't had a huge like block of racing in my legs and I'll take advantage of that. So maybe some are seen as an opportunity, but I, I, I can imagine, you know, Listen to brand. Of course, you say probably not. She's a racer. She'll she'll want to win it. She'll want to wear those 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 colors. But like this is the idea. Of like, hey, I won worlds. Like, I'm done. Season's over. Like, I and isn't know. Zach? Isn't isn't worlds just de facto a national champs? Well, so that's the question that I, I was having. I was you know we've talked we've joked about these races being the Dutch national championships. So which one which one was the Dutch national championship? I mean, pick literally every race any race this season save those couple where claire hansinger was was you know messing with the program just call that the nats uh, pick one at random let's do a random number generator pick one out of a hat boom luvin national champs give her the jersey let's <laughs> do, you do think it that, you know you think it's that, like that, retrospectively do you think that they race i think the supporter clubs would have a word with you i think they would they would you know, depends on who you ask. Celine's Celine's fans would definitely pick Ball. Do you think uh, that well, but it's random? You're not. You know, this isn't. This isn't like a popular vote. This isn't democracy. This is a CXocracy. Oh, <laughs> that didn't work. Cheer Nothing works like cheerocracy. That 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 one just is too perfect. Well, do But I to to go back a second though. Michael, did you did you slip your pick for women's worlds into this conversation? Were you trying to just kind of low? I mean, that episode's a couple weeks down the road. Are you are you, you just Isn't you just played your card the there, there, my friend? I, I think I think last year we had already done our worlds picks. Um, sure, I mean we could we can get into it, but I mean I think who won the curse period the the curse period omnium as I was saying it for the women. Listen to Brand. I mean. She's she's got she's rocking that fifty percent winning percentage, you know. Alvarado has a little bit of form coming back, you know, so she could make it interesting. But it's I don't know. You just I would put the odds on brand. Is Blanca is Blanca Bosch the only non-Dutch to win a race this year? That's a great stat. I think she might be. I'm gonna say yes, because yeah. even like Anik Van Alpha with that right. rando win at the beginning of the season, she's a duchy. Yeah, I guess it depends on which you know. Are you talking about uh, Belgian? You know, major major races. <laughs> Sorry, EKC. Well, I mean, Brandau did win that opening C one, so 
of the all right yeah. so all right so we uh you know we had a lot of fun uh i don't i don't necessarily like the idea of hot taking to hot take but i felt like last week i legitimately my hot take was a feeling that i had and bill i appreciate the diss track that you dropped uh in response i think that it was it was a fun uh thing we had some people chiming in on the bulletin which i really appreciate uh thank you for everyone who but you should feel honored zach because that was a hell of a diss track it was it was but this is a great segue into the racing and what i saw at holst uh unless something changes denise betsima is the favorite for worlds especially given the course at ostend that's i'm just we'll just go right there i mean brand and alvarado looked tired um, they looked like they did not, and I talked about in my post about um, Vanderpool, a sense of urgency and going back and watching this race, like Alvarado, you know, just had no, there was no snap there to have that sense of urgency when Betsima kind of got a gap and, you know, she was caught in the wrong place where worst was just not, couldn't get up that hill or whatever. Um, it's going to be a sandy race. Like Betsima is going to start blazing fast and she did not slow down that entire race. Yeah. Let's, let's keep talking about holes. That's the thing. And isn't that the, isn't that the one like take we had on Betsima coming into this, that she starts too hot and then, and then burns out by the, by the end of the race. But this, this, this was, this was tape to tape. I mean, she got the whole shot and I don't think anybody else, it seemed like there was a couple times maybe in that first or second lap when they were in a group. That it might have been, but she was pretty much leader that whole race. Well, and so earlier in the season, we saw that happen and we saw kind of everyone sit in and they're like, all right, you're not going to do this the whole race. And we talked about earlier in the season when Betsimo's on the front, she didn't have the speed to keep the pace high enough and let Brand come back in. Um, but yeah, I saw they sat in and, but like Alvarado never came around. She just looked exhausted, you know, and Brand was just tailing behind. Um, and there was just no, it seemed like they were like, oh, she'll burn out, she'll burn out. And instead, she just kept going and dropped everyone. She stuck the landing, what she attempted to do the day before in ball. But my, my question to you, Zach, is, is arrested brand. What, what do you see on Hulse that arrested brand would be deficient against Betsima? Like, you know, I think you laid a good case for why Betsima won that day. But I didn't see, you know, it's not super, it wasn't super technical. It wasn't like, there wasn't anything that I didn't see Brand ride well before. So I'm wondering what is really tipping you in her favor. I mean, I just come back to, I think, Ostenda, it, I looked at the lap, a third of it is sand. I mean, it's literally 25 kilometers from Coxida, Um, you know, and I don't know. I just, I see where Betsima is doing this thing. She's starting fast and in the right conditions, like we saw at Hulst, like Alvarado and Brand need to be like they almost need to like team up to like rein her in um, and get back. You know, it's like, I don't know. I, it seems like, I don't know, just lack of sense of urgency. And I think um, I just see where I'm going mostly by based on the course and the fact that like save one bad weekend, she's been on like every podium in like 10 out of 12 races or something. Here, here would, here would be my counter argument at Holst. And, and that is, I think that, who knows what the outcome is going to be? Betsima raced a great race. I, I do think that Brand left it one lap too late. It, it, she may have looked tired, but on lap four, when she was like, oh, that gap's really getting up there, she just dropped everyone. I mean, 
Alvarado couldn't stick with her. Nobody could stick with her. She just went off and and started to chase Betsima down. I just don't think that there. I think that she she let it, and she was she was you know starting to bring down the the, the gap until I think the last lap. So I think that that if she had gone on lap three instead of lap four, and it sort of brings us back to like earlier season brand where she's sort of setting herself up to do more work than she has to. And I, I, and maybe she's thinking this is, you know, I mean, she's, she's, she's a, she's great at the, at, at strategizing these races. I think that she may have thought that she could bring her back. And it just turned out that, that she had, she had given her way too much leash. It's not to take anything away from Betsima. I mean, she won that race, but I just think that brand when she went, it was like, oh, she she still has some matches left, you know. And and Alvarado to me looked like the the really tired one in that. I'd say what's interesting about that that race too is that these two races this weekend was that the host was fifty three minutes and Ball was thirty nine minutes. And what we've seen in the past is Betsima go out hard and not be able to like last, right? And so I ke- I kept thinking when I saw they had more laps in the race, it's like, you know is the jokingly is UCI like really trying to like give the other riders a chance to win and, and, and they couldn't, and they couldn't do it. And, and, you know, maybe it speaks to what you said, Bill, but I don't know. I just, I feel like if I'm, if I'm brand and Alvarado at this point, I'm, I'm chatting about, especially, um, you know, what we might try at, at Hama and, uh, I'm never going to say, uh, driving cross name of that city. Um, but like, I think that they need to talk about like, the way if Betsima starts like this at worlds, like she could be gone and the race could be over in two laps. And I think they need to think about strategically how they're going to race against this, this other person. Um, because the way that she's starting is just completely blown up these. I mean, I don't know. I just, some different to be fair, you know, we often see Huger Haida is like, weird stuff happens, weird people win. And we're like, Oh man, what does this mean for worlds? And the answer is kind of nothing. And so it could just be a case that it was the end of curse period. And they were kind of like, we're exhausted, you know, brand kind of knew that she was had the world cup in hand, but I don't know. I've just, it's been my position for probably about a month now. I think that, uh, you know, I think Batsma's going to podium and she's a very 50, 50 to win. I mean, not 50, 50, but I'm looking at her and brand right now as the two favorites. Yeah, I think so. And I think, I think, you know, again, and not to take anything away, but I think you are right in that brand again, being, being pretty aware of the whole situation knew she sticks in, she sticks second and she wins the overall and can just chill out for the last, uh, last world cup of the year, which is pretty insane. You know, four races in, she's already got it, already got it clinched. She was, uh, she was definitely riding the struggle bus on that mud pit. The uh, the one that gave Vanderpool his decisive win, so that was kind of interesting to watch. She just could. We've all had it. You're just like you try. She tried like every line possible, and like by the, end of the race, it was just like some 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 features just gotcha on a given day, and that feature just totally owned her. My my last note, and this is um, sort of a sadder one, um, but you know these are the times. Uh, watching Katie Compton get lapped was just almost kind of the end the end of the legacy uh, i i it, it was it was something that i was just like oh do not want to see it but you know she's out there i know she i know i know that it, you know talk about consummate pro that she is still in there 
still lining up. I know she's not feeling good. You know, she's not, she doesn't have good legs. Everything that's going wrong can't go wrong with her. But that was just like, oh man, such a, such a tough, such a tough end to a season. Right. And yeah, like I said, Bill, it seems like she's had a lot of issues. We saw her with a rolled tubular the other race, just like not, not going well. It does. I'm, I, but you know, you just, I am, it does sort of make me excited that she is coming back for one, one last season next year, staying domestic. So I'm really looking forward to what I'm assume will be some really good battles between her and the rest of the women's league field. Yeah. And I think that the uh, U S you know, I think I, I, I'd like to just, you know, at the end of this, talk a little bit about what happened in 2020 and what we may be looking forward to, uh, as a, as a spoiler, one of the things I'm looking forward to is I think it's going to be a pretty cool domestic season next year, assuming that we get to race. So that'll be really neat to have her in the U S here's my last, my last point on the women's race. This is my sort of out of the box. This is, this is how exciting this race was that these are the ideas that I'm coming up with while I'm, you know, Zwifting. Well, this is, I mean, this is the first time all season we've gone to random notes. I yeah. mean, I feel like we've just had like, I mean, that just kind of, yeah. right? I mean, this just talks like the end of curse period was just, it went out with a whimper. I mean, this is kind of where we're at. You know, we, and, you know, full disclosure, we had talks about just like going full on gimmick. Um, but, you know, the podcasting pros that we are, we're like, you know what? We got to talk about these races. And so, I'm guessing this is probably where people are at. I mean, I, I didn't, I haven't seen it like on the, well, we started with Twitter the last sphere. race. Yeah. So, well, and, and this may be all we get to Michael. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Bill hit us. What's your last, uh, cause we know what happens. I mean, we're coming up. Is this the two year ish anniversary of the, the post, the post, uh, Bowen. So worlds were in, so it's three year anniversary. Of what? Oh, the 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 U.S. Nats should be in Europe, oh. like the post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, this it was, was nineteen, so that was two years ago. That okay. was two years yeah. ago. So here's here's my um, it, the, the, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at this as cyclocross as a business, and I'm looking at the riders, and I started to have these thoughts about like you know you, you get into and this this happens in journalism, it happens in a lot of times just in any kind of like, you know, software companies that happen, everything else, you have your, your creatives and then you have your sales and marketing, right? And in this instance, like the riders are the creatives, right? They're the ones out there. They want to win. They're doing their own things. And then the sales marketing guys, they're like, you know, like they look at the Tormund twins and they're like, these guys are amazing. They may not win, but look at all the, the time they're getting us on TV. They're always out there. They're in the front. You know, people know who Tormund's is some sort of like consulting firms when you need a firefighter. So I don't know what they do. Um, but, but what I'm saying is that like the, the, the sales guys are like, that's what we want. And then the creative guys are like, no, no, um, we are going to try to win this race. So you get somebody like Betsma who's off the front and the sales and marketing guys are going to be happy that she wins. But in the meantime, we don't see her anymore. And then you even get like Lucinda Brand tracking her down and she's kind of left out too. And I'm thinking like Anne-Marie Worst is like, I need to get 777 out here. I'm just going to stick on Alvarado's wheel and just stay here. And I know that this is going to be a compelling race. And then they get all the camera time and that's where it's at. And I'm thinking, is she like, 
this is a little, you know, she's got the sales and marketing guys in her head thinking, hey, just stay here and then we're going to be on TV the whole time. So is this the is this the Jen Jackson? This is the Jen Jackson at Zolder corollary of marketing. Like when in doubt, if you get a chance to ride on Yolanda Neff's wheel, exactly. she's in 50th place. You got to do it. Exactly. That's exactly right. It's exactly the same thing. I guarantee you she wasn't thinking about that at all. But that's me watching the race and I'm like, this is good. As a, as a marketer, she's exactly where I want her. Just stay on that wheel, and I know that Sporza is going to keep going back to the world champ. And it's a, it's a compelling who's going to be the last spot on the podium. So that's, that's, a, that's a good battle. Screw winning. That's, that's a, that makes the case for that, you know, the discussion of who's elite, who's a subtopper, and who's a middler is a valid way to talk about cross because it gives us time to talk about the people who don't actually win the races. And so, you know, maybe one day the cyclocross broadcasting will figure out a way to do picture in picture. Uh, you know, I'm I'm always here if you need any tips and advice. Um broadcasters, sports. So Bill, I mean, do you think that's part of the theory behind the Sonicant pony camp? Uh, that she is uh, the camp counselor for these days. Yeah, she's hanging <laughs> could, out with good young she's Anna hang- Kay and Manenbacher and uh, um, you know uh, Blanca Vosh. Could uh, that could that be what they're thinking? <laughs> yeah, I think they're all just like hanging around her because they know that the you know you gotta you gotta have the Belgian champ. You gotta get you, it is in it is in the 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 Belgian broadcasting contract that they have to do the hero swipe pan back to the back to the champ to see where she's at catch up with her so yeah i think you're right i think that's smart so why we so we're talking about con i just want to really briefly break in with part of my gimmick was was the cursed period omnium i was getting giving out awards and i was going to give in sonic Hunt won the fruitcake award and the fruitcake award is the rider you know it's like a fruitcake it's like it's not the coolest dessert it's not the coolest breakfast uh christmas treat but it's pretty good. It lasts a long time. It's kind of just always around. Like, and at the end of the day, when you're out of the good stuff, there's a fruit case and you eat it, you know. Sonic Kant raced eight of the nine races. You know, she had some good results. She was sticking up there. She was getting pipped by the youngsters. She was pipping some of the youngsters. So she won my first annual Curse Period Omnium Fruitcake Fruitcake Award. And it can just be passed on from year to year. Like, the things just don't go bad. So she can, you know... She doesn't go bad either, you know? Exactly. Been around. Exactly. Can we, Should, can we talk, like, is there, we've had a lot of Sonic Hunt moments, and I feel like I've been kind of, like, putting them in the, the preview over at the Bulletin. And, I mean, is there anything that, like, just exhibits her season more than, like, just giving up and then getting pipped by, <laughs> by an 18-year-old, like, at the line when she was well ahead? Like, all she had to do was pedal, like, one more time. Like, that just... It wasn't like sad per se, but it was just like it, that. Just embodied like everything about Sonic Hunt this season to me. It was it was like thought bubble. <laughs> this means everything. Thought bubble. This means absolutely nothing. <laughs> You're like kid. If you need it that badly, it's all you. Go for okay. it. Oh, you think? Oh, you think that she? Okay. No, I think that she was like, "What are you doing?" And then was like, "Whatever." You know, like, she was like, "What? You're not doing that? Oh, you're really doing that? Okay, you're gonna do it." And then, uh, ah, crap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will say too. I watched. Okay, I didn't. I watched maybe. I fast forwarded through Hulahem, but like, she also got beat by Vanderheiden at the end of the race. If I'm not mistaken, she ended up finishing third. So I don't know. It just she's peaking. I mean, not. 
bad results. Yeah, it was at Hulaham and um, she got in, in like sense, at the end of the race, she let Vanderheiden come back and and beat her, like legit just beat her. And I was just like, uh, I don't know. It was probably but, just one of those where she's just. But you know, do you know who didn't beat her, Zach? Who? Another Belgian, and that's all okay. that matters for this weekend. Okay, yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, she she in in, in Berdeen, she what she had she got away from Frank and Hansiger, and Hansiger got pipped by Frank. But you know what? She's like Crash Davis. You know, she's she's like winning awards for <laughs> doing like she's like stoked to do all the freaking races and curse period it's like it's not it's like no you need to be like you know brand and do th- you know do three of them but win them i don't know sonny khan is crash davis because she has the most belgian national championships is the most amazing thing that i've heard i am a hundred percent behind this i <laughs> glad you made that leap because i didn't even make that connection i mean she does have three world championships so yeah. no no that's true she she was in the show she, yeah she, she did, was in the she show did well in the show should we talk about the men at no, Hulse? Should we? Uh, I, here, uh, here's my question. I'm just going to throw this one out there. Here's my um, my troll question. Uh oh. <laughs> was okay, this Ryan race Trabone. not was was this race muddy but not muddy enough? Was that was that what was going on? <laughs> that is like. Oh man, that's like a next level troll. Like that is that is that is an A plus Bill Shiken troll right there. Um, yeah, haters gonna hate Matthew Vanderpool. Uh, he is he is he looked good. I I thought that he had. Um, I don't even necessarily know that he had it. Uh, the snap, the the Vanderpool attack and juggernaut, as I don't know, I sometimes call it. But uh, you know he. I wrote about it. like he just he knew like you know Vander uh, he went through that section he did the little Vanderpool I'm so good my foot can come out of the pedal and I'm still going to stay upright wow dismounted he came around that big sweeping corner and he's just like Haha, me and Tone Arts he's just I mean he's literally just the generic Belgian and he's just like game over uh, and I I thought that was the first time I've seen him just have that that uh, what we've seen Vanderpool do what you know literally 50, 60, 70 times in the last hundred times in the last few years. Michael, has he lost the joy? I mean, five, six years ago, the kid would not only ride the planks, but he would do a tail whip over the second plank. Like every time he'd be like, woo, cyclocross, baby. And he'd be sliding into things. And, you know, it was just like everything was a party. Has well, he- you know what? He doesn't go to races to not win right what's his quote like he's like he's there like he's mechanical my the other award i have for the curse period was the the christmas cannibal and and i mean he won nine he won he raced nine out of 15 he won seven out of nine races and he enlisted his blood his brother to go to france and take a victory too so the the family name had even more wins like they had to have a mall so I was like, why did Vanderpool do all these races? W- what was the reason? I mean, it had to be the money. It had to be the start list, right? Right. And he's he's not going to win the World Cup overall. Um, Hulse was a World Cup, obviously. I mean, he wants his UCI points. But yeah, I don't know. I, the, where was the joy, Bill? I, I, didn't, I didn't see it. He had to show off those new sunglasses. Oh, I didn't even notice that until... Uh, 
until a joke you dropped in the text thread, Bill, that I didn't even get until you dropped the the the, the story from a mountain bike World Cup. So that was great. I mean, like, so at least we're getting so back in the day, circa like two years ago, there'd be Vanderpool, and then there's several minutes, plus or minus, you know, uh, Van Air, a minute, all the generic Belgians. Kudos to our friend Tom Pidcock. At least Van Aert now has to work for his second place finishes. So, you know, right now uh, we saw two races in a row. Uh, it looks like, you know, Van Aert's a little bit better uh, than Pitters with his, you know, power and whatnot uh, through the end of the race. But hey, Wout's getting, a, you know, that battle for, for second was scintillating. Yeah, no, those guys are good. And that's... Uh, um you know, not not to give Tim too much credit on the uh, slow ride podcast, but if you look down past that, do we do we have like you know what what does this, what does cyclocross look like without without as he calls them roadies, which is kind of funny, uh, but without the three no he said they were those three pro tour guys as if Pitcock's already on Ineos, but regardless, I mean then you have like Michael Van Torn out best season of his career. Yeah. Sure. Who cares? I mean, I know, sure. but that I, <laughs> okay. yeah, but that's the thing. It's like all these all these guys are just being left behind in in cyclocross. Like he is he is now the he he is now the undisputed the first undisputed leader of the sauces. Like nobody can even fight him for it. Like he he was you know he that's might take- he's going to get injured and sent to the <laughs> ER. Yeah, because Ailey's broken. But that's hey, it's these things happen. Week has disappeared. These things happen. Yeah, I don't know. Pitcock, um, so do you think, so here, okay, let's get right into this. Is this your podium for Worlds? I mean, it's pretty, pretty hard not to go with that one there. I would say, I would say even fourth, Mikey V, Tone, and fifth. Yeah, that's it. That's your I think, I think... I think if we're going to do it uh, roller derby style, I think like picking the fourth, I think picking the podium scrub zone podium of fourth, fifth and sixth is infinitely more interesting. Yeah, it sort of goes with my point that that's that's where the cyclocross season was. I'll take it to the bank. I mean, I would take it to the bank. Like, I probably don't even need to watch Worlds. I can I feel like I can tell you what the podium is going to be at Worlds for the men. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can tell you who's going to be on the women's podium. I guess maybe the order is going to be. I Are we getting to a world, you know, we had this really exciting season. It's really not, not as interesting. I mean, it's down to like three women and three men, kind of like, I don't know. It's like there's been this like all kinds of crazy. We had Lauren Sweck winning and Van Turnout winning and even Tone Arts winning. And, you know, now it's just kind of like. We can kind of predict the podium. I don't know. It 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 seems don't, don't we've, we've most- reached this like consolidation now that everyone's back and like things that you know with worse being injured and the things sorting themselves out for the the elite women. I don't know. It just seems like uh, it's a lot more predictable. Like Claire Hansinger might be like the only wild card in this entire thing. Yeah. No. I I think that's right. I think the most interesting and potentially exciting thing that we're going to see at worlds is all the other races because we haven't seen them in their own races all year long. So you're going to have 
actual U23 races. You're going to have actual junior races, and those are wide open. We, we've gotten glimpses. I mean, we're talking about Fen Van Empel and you know Puck and and uh, Ryan Knapp and these other these other people that we're seeing these glimpses of. But it's it's a different it's a different thing when right when you're racing in the elites and it's you're part of a a bigger race than it is when you're just like this is your race. So I think those are going to be the the most exciting races of of worlds. I was. I was, this is maybe going to go to your, this end segment if we get to, but this is one of the things I thought about was a good thing about, about this, this year was because of this sort of crazy road schedule that got pushed, you know, really late is that you had, we had sort of multiple cyclocross seasons and you had the sort of the tone, tone period, then you had the sauces period, and now we have the toppers period. And so it's, it's, you know, it's not Vanderpool winning all race from October on. And so I think that's kind of cool to see. And it is, it's amazing to see the gulf between the, the toppers and, and, and the rest. But uh, I don't know. I've enjoyed it. I, I, I'm into it. I, I like the consolidation and I do see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like I feel like we are building to something and we've had like quite a season and like, I'm getting a little bit tired. Like I'm, I'm ready for it to sort of just be like, all right, we got our world champs. Let's move on. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like I, I think that's the perfect way of describing it, Michael, like the different seasons, I guess, you know, and I, I mean, I guess maybe the lack of in focus and intensity of this podcast, but like I've been excited about every weekend, like I just get really stoked. And I came out of this weekend just disappointed. I was just like, like, I barely watched Sunday's races. And I was just like, I guess maybe I need. A, I guess we need a week off, you know, which yeah, is LG Nats, yeah, yeah. and yeah, maybe we all need a week off to for the stretch run too, because it was just I don't know, and so maybe that's coming across in part of my views here. But it was just uh, it's been such a high for this entire cyclocross season. It's been so good, and this weekend just sucked. Yeah, yeah, and that's that is you know if we want to get into it, just to end up the hour that 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 kind of is the takeaway from twenty twenty just my complaining about curse period which is more just an observation on here that you know it's 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 kind of that that party atmosphere that that just didn't happen but man i did not expect to get this good of a cyclocross season in 2020 where every week was compelling where we were excited for every race and also if you think about it this is the first time ever really that in North America we were concentrating fully on European cyclocross as fans. You know, normally what would happen is US shuts down December, we have nationals, and then we start really concentrating on every race in Europe. We watch the other races, but we don't necessarily watch them live because a lot of times we're out there at we're our own races. We have a whole domestic calendar. We have local calendars. You know, you have all of your racing that you're doing, and you're not really paying as much or as close attention to what's happening in these European races on the day that there's happening. So that was that was different. You know, that that I was waking up on Saturday and Sunday morning, not in some hotel about to go to some US race, but instead, you know, catching these races. So that was that was really cool. And I think that that added to the kind of the excitement and the investment in in the um in the season. So, you know, horrible times globally, but that at least for me, that was that was one thing that I thought was um pretty great about twenty twenty. 
the thing I really like too is when we've talked about this is uh, the the antithesis of your point about curse period is we only had one, one race a weekend. Uh, USA Cycling, if you're listening, uh, when you get all of the best talent in the same place at the same time, and they're only racing there against one another. The product is pretty damn good instead of, you know, like these races like where, oh, Vanderpool gets start money here, so he'll start this race. And like, oh, Brand gets start money here, so she'll race this nothing race. So, yeah, I think it's been – I think it m- hammered home the point of, uh, you know, why I say if you have a, a vast sea-to-shining-sea country that you may want to uh, – I don't know, just have one UCI weekend a weekend and uh, force everyone to show up and put a better product out on the field. I was – Thinking the same thing as you, Bill, I was thinking that this is the first fall in a long time that I haven't woke, woken up and gone to a bike race or been at someone's house. And, and that has been that has been really cool to really sort of deep dive into the Euros and just look. And, you know, like we, we talked, it's it's also really it's a lot easier to sort of critique a bike race where it's across the, the ocean and we don't actually know these racers personally. And you sort of can it sort of gives a there's a there's like this nice like not veneer but there's like a there's a nice distance that sort of makes it we can be more analytical i feel i don't know in a certain way and that has been fun to really dive into the the euro racing in that sense and like you say billy you can we get to watch him we're, we're not watching them later you're not you're not exhausted from running around trying to snap photos and yeah but i'm excited for in live racing too. Yeah, or for most likely what would happen would be you would be out there like working at a race and somebody would be like, oh, Vanderpool won, yeah. you know, and then it'd be like, oh, all right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll catch the highlights. Yeah, except for, uh, wasn't it like the, where were, was it, were we at Nats last year, the one race or two years ago? When was the race he didn't win? And uh, oh, was it was just then? like. Yeah, it was last year. Like he didn't win a race, but we were at Nats, and so we didn't even see it. We're just like, <laughs> oh, I don't, oh, whoa, Vanderpool didn't win a race. Wow, we're that sucks. We've uh, been working for four straight days. Yeah, Ronsa. Yeah, I the, think that was during Nats last year. Yeah, twelve so. fourteen. Yep, yep. Been, okay. yeah, yeah. We had nice. like kind Good of memory. A big, big thing going on that weekend. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> we were in a rainy tent with muddy floors. Um, so. One of the things, you know, in, in, in sort of going off what you said, Zach, one of the things that I'm actually looking forward to next season is to see how the North American domestic UCI calendar shakes out. As awful as it was that everything got canceled across the board this year, we've had so many seasons of dissatisfaction look we all love the scene here but just hoping for more you know there's always always joke about oh you can't get through a conversation with somebody that raced 15 years ago without them saying we just need usgp back right you know i mean there was we've been sort of like in that feedback loop since that time waiting for this national series waiting for something to happen and we kind of got this 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 work stoppage this year and i think it hopefully is going to be a reset for next year. I I have really no idea what the schedule is going to look like for UCI racing in the U S and maybe Canada as well, Zach. But I think, I hope I've heard rumors 
that we may get one race weekend, one race event per weekend. I, and, and, and that the, the powers that be may see that as a priority, uh, which may be that all of the races we love may not be back. You know, we may have a, a different looking schedule, but if it's something where all of the talent is in the same place at the same time, again, may not happen, but I, I just heard this rumblings that, that, that things like that may, may be afoot. So that, that would be pretty amazing. And that, that would be something that uh, I'd be pretty excited about and looking forward to for next season. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I, I guess we've talked about it. It's just kind of like, you know, it's kind of mind blowing to me that we're just like, let's uh, let's just have everyone go where they want. We won't have the top people racing against one another, but we'll really get people interested in the product that we're trying to put out, which clearly has not been uh, the party. But yeah, I was I've been thinking of something along uh, the same lines as you, Bill. It's like, you know, with if we do come back to racing, will people be a little bit more stoked at least for one season, will they want to stick around? Will they kind of invest in becoming interested in domestic racing just because we didn't have it? Um, Cause you're right. I think that everything has kind of been the same and we've slowly seen it just drift to this, you know, it's, we've had this conversation for years, you know, this kind of amorphous unfocused besides the two U S world cups, you know, um, existence. And so maybe, people will be a little bit more excited uh, to get invested uh, in it. And, you know, hopefully we can play a role in that with this podcast and, you know, what we're doing at the bulletin, I think we'll be, you know, gung ho about trying to build those narratives and, you know, at least give people the opportunity to be excited uh, about the racing. So, yeah, I'm optimistic that I think in a way, maybe this year off made everyone realize that they missed it uh you know <laughs> sometimes you need that right where something is like just okay uh but then you're like oh yeah that was pretty good oh, yeah, it's life's much better when we have that around let's not forget we're also building towards worlds in the states next year so i mean i think that's going to catch some buzz and hopefully get that world's bump one thing and we're kind of just is thinking about what what the race scene is going to look like next year and and more specifically what what are the athletes where are they going to come in right we're seeing this sort of gap year for you know we've got a handful of our you know you know top peloton in 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 belgium right now but you know we just got news that you know gage and he contacted covid you know and like carries essentially took the year off and so just i'm really curious what is going to happen like i don't think we're going to see riders and who knows but will they come in at the level we were expecting them to be or you know curse white big season like is he just going to be the dominant force in the men's field and so it'll be interesting to see well also and i'll throw this to you zach uh since you are know all about the, the the training for cyclocross when we when we usually for north american racers what we see is they want to come into the season hot right i mean their a races are traditionally the u.s world cups they want to be in top form for waterloo they want to be in top form for jingle cross we're assuming even though it hasn't been announced, none of these have been announced that those races are going to take place. And there's the third Wednesday night race where, and I'm just, I already put it out there that I think that's going to be Fayetteville. So that's going to be, those are going to be not only a races, but a plus plus races for the U S contingency 
at the beginning of the season. And then, you know, world is always, for those that are able to go, a an A race at the end of the season. But then it's worlds in US. I mean, this is like this is like the biggest bookends of races, I think, that that North American racers have ever have ever dealt with, which is kind of cool. But it's gonna be like putting that season together, won't it won't it affect that how they how they put those season that season together, or is it far enough away that they can just sort of peak and peak in a period to size and come back and peak again? Oh, I thought you were gonna say since the World Cups are later, they're in October this year and they're actually in the middle of October. I mean that and I don't I don't know what the schedule is in terms of when the C ones are gonna be and who's where, but I mean, it also means that you don't have to be firing on all cylinders at Rochester on September 8th. Like, right. No, that's um, a good point. You know, yeah. so I, I think it'll make it easier um, because it'll give them. So what? I mean, so hopefully it'll give us a banger October. Hopefully uh, Pan Am's wherever they'll be. I mean, I love that race. I love how hard everyone competes in those. So hopefully we'll get more attention on that and we'll just get some really great racing. Um, you know, I who knows what November will be. And then we'll go into, you know, Nats will be more important because you're going to see a lot of athletes who are going to want to earn a spot on that world's team. And then they'll do the Euro block and then come back. And so, yeah, it'll be, um, yeah, I think it'll be pretty good. I mean, it'll definitely be different. And I guess the direction I was going to go to, I, I mean, I don't remember, like, I feel like I heard that like Sparkle Watts is thinking about trying to race cyclocross next year. And I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like salivating at the idea of uh, Chris Blevins with his new program coming back to cyclocross. I mean, I, I think that like Chris Blevins is the most talented bike racer on the male side uh, in America, potentially just talent across disciplines. Um, I mean, I could see him like, I'd take him battling against Curtis if Kerry's off year kind of hurt him or whatever. But man, could you imagine Chris, Chris Blevins racing multiple, like several cyclocross? What if Logan Owen decides that like, Hey, I'm going to give it. I doubt that. Cause he'll probably want to like race the Vuelta and, you know, be part race, you know, his road program. But I don't know. I'm excited about like these wild cards, you know, uh, I think, you know, the star power that they have and who knows, you know, Kate Courtney is a star. What if she races cyclocross? What if she's, better than everyone i mean i wouldn't be surprised i mean shit like 18 year old soccer players who picked up a bike last year can be the winning finishing fourth at world cups you know what's stopping a former mountain bike world champ from you know being up there so who knows chris chris blevins hold my protein shake while i go win a national championships and cyclocross move at reno a couple years has to go down as as just one of the the best flexes in the sports in a long time to, and, and to see that again would just be fantastic i i hope i mean he he hinted at it that 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 he may be uh coming back so the that that would be pretty cool and just to to point out you know yes nationals has some bearing on if you're going to make that world's teams but again going back to those october uh world cups those are more important that that is no, a, that's true. Okay. If you do well at those World Cups, you have a better chance of of just securing. And just think about that. I mean, think about the pressure there. You know, if you were able to get onto a podium at one of the U.S. World Cups, you're done. That's it. You made the world's team. You know, you're good to go. You can just sort of like have the pressure off and and go through your season. So that would be um 
that would be pretty cool. And I, and I have a feeling this is going to be one of those years that they fill up those teams. Like we aren't going to be uh, worried about, you know, sending more than two or three people because of expenses and everything else. I, mean, <laughs> I think we'll get full squads. So speculation here. Do you think with three World Cups, three in eight days or whatever ridiculous, are we going to actually, we're going to get more Euros coming over or will it be sort of a... That's why they're doing know, it. That's why they're, that is, you know, they're going on their schedule is 16 World Cups. We'll see if they fill them all out. But it's, so they still could, you know, if, if, if they really wanted to stay home and miss the first three, by the right. time the 16th comes around, if you're good, if you're Vanderpool, you could still, and, and that's a, you know, something you want to do where that is very un-Vanderpolian, like he could care less about winning the World Cup, it seems. But he could still do it. He could still be up there and, and do it without ever coming to the U.S. But that was why they needed to get in as many as possible to make it the incentive that much higher. And it's also the beginning of the season, and we know that gridding works on World Cup points, so it's getting here. It's making sure that you're at the front early. So that's, I guess, the other incentive as well. I mean, I feel like U.S. cyclocross, I mean, now that I'm just thinking about this and explaining and everything we've talked about, I mean, I think this coming year, if it happens, could be a big opportunity. And uh, Lord knows we won't be prepared or whatever to take advantage of it. But I think that there's a good look. The European calendar is going to suck. Like no one's going to compare about the care about the September races. There's going to be too many World Cups. And I'm talking about from like our fans and like, let's be honest, we're all just going to be like, look, we've got a lot going on. We're so excited to be racing. We're waiting for Wout Machu and Tom Pickcock to come back. Like, and for, you know, Brand um, may not race a full season next year. We don't know. Like, I think there's like good opportunities. Like, these World Cups are going to have diminished meaning. They're giving them away to anyone who pays them the money. Um, it just seems like, you know, if things fall into place right and if we put a good product out on, you know, the field and we get people invested in it, like I think there could be an opportunity to to really showcase North American cyclocross uh this coming season and get people's attention who only and we've seen it, right? People focus on the Euro stuff and maybe get them a little bit more excited in uh the American stuff and whether that be you know, whatever bill you're able to put out or like travel to some of these weekends, you know, go, go spectate race and stuff. I think it could be, uh, an opportunity that we haven't seen in a while. I agree. So probably not going to see prime time. That's what you're, that's what I'm picking up, <laughs> but I get what you're saying, Bill. They try to sell with the three, but then they made it 16 races. So it's just like having one, but Michael, yeah. according to the UCI, the UCI World Cup Cyclocross is the most important competition in cyclocross. It says it right there on their website. So how could they miss that? It's the most like, important. Or you could just do the eight-rate super prestige, which pays just as much. And no, 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 right. one, no. So It's like World Cup, most important. It's right there okay. in print as, on the internet. It yeah, has World right in the name. <laughs> okay. Should we end it there? It's right yeah. on an hour. Boom. All right. Done. Good work. We talked about one race. It was perfect. Well done. Beautiful. It's been fun. We'll <laughs> see ya. Get your results at CX Hairs Bulletin. Sign up. Because you don't get them here. <laughs>